This is The Great Equalizer, a parenting podcast about the realities of being a mom or dad in the 2020s. We are your hosts, Sam and Charlene, and we believe we're all rocking the same kind of crazy. So let's get real, let's get honest, and let's have a laugh about the ups and downs of our current upside down. Hashtag no judges. On this episode of The Great Equalizer, Sam has lost faith in humanity. Charlene has gone viral. And we chat to author Pamela Power about being sober curious. Which she chats about in her latest book, My Year of Not Getting Shit-Faced. Indeed. Hello. Hi. How's things? Thanks for being here, firstly. <laughs> I just need to put that out there. We know the difficulties. Today, my friend, we are again in the best, the best of companies, and may we be here all day. Yes, please. I could hide out in this little studio from my life mm. all day. <laughs> A very warm welcome to you, our lovely guest, Pamela Power. Thank you so much. Hello, hello. You. Me. You are a force. <laughs> and I'm going to read out this force and I'm going to find my applause button. There it is. Pam, mm-hmm. you're a TV scriptwriter. You're an editor. You have worked on the likes of Top Billing, Generations and Muvango, among others. You are a novelist with several works of fiction under your belt, including Misconception, Things Unseen and Chasing Marion, which you co-authored with writer friends Amy Heidenreich. Connie Tuloxen and Gail Schimmel. That is correct. And now a memoir is right up my alley, to be honest. My year of not getting shit-faced. That's it. Wait, guys, why did I... My sound's all done. Hang on. It's for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Take a bow, madam. Take a bow. (laughs) Because that's not easy. I know it. I'm a writer. It's tough out there and a freelancer you can be a writer but to be a writer and a freelancer is cock hard and a mother (laughs) and a mother run screaming down the street we've sung your praises we will continue to sing your praises Um, and before we got stuck into the real reason you're here which mm -hmm. is talking about getting shit faced Mm -hmm. or being shit faced (laughs) we're gonna have you come Back down to earth, which you, you've already started with the mention of being a mother. So that that's the great equalizer. That's why we're here. Um, you'll be joining us in our first segment. It's a little something we like to call. How are you? No, no. How are you really? Pammy. Mm-hmm. Time to let it all out. <laughs> you guys are quite scary. I just have to say. <laughs> Your nicknames are hilarious. It doesn't help is... that we're like sitting across from you, the both of us, like a force. <laughs> okay, so I have to answer that, huh? We want to know what's up with you. Okay, I think it's a very good question because at this point, I am in the final, final thing of my one show. It stayed on three, so that I've been script editing and writing on for three years. So that's kind of, we're coming to the end of it. And it's, I mean, it's happy and it's sad and it's all those things. But it's a sweet kind of. So there's that. We've sold our company, go see do South Africa. I won't be writing my blogs anymore. So that was a sad thing at the end of last week. I am an empty nester. Oh, wow. So there's like a lot of endings and new beginnings happening so 
I don't do emotional very well, as I'm sure you noticed. <laughs> I do it better with wine. Um, so, yeah, so I found it tough. Like, I'm much better about, like, making a bad joke about things and whatever. And I tend to get sick, in fact, instead of um, crying or whatever. Yes. And I always know that that's when I'm feeling some things because I'm actually now... Your body's Ill. manifesting. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like it's letting go. Your immune system's yeah. taking a knock. Yeah. Are you sick? Have you gotten Not yet. Have you been there? Are you feeling it coming? I felt like that last week and I knew it was because I was sort of going through all these endings and, mm. and new beginnings, you know. And it's really, and the thing is, when your kids are little, you sort of fantasize about, you know, them leaving and everything. And when they leave, it's like, what is my purpose in this world? Even though I'm a total workaholic, but I'm still like, what is my purpose? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's me. Okay. You sorry now you asked me how no, I was. I'm <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I love getting to the the bloody heart of things. I mm. love, like, mm. vulnerability. I don't think that we're going to get anywhere in this life unless we're vulnerable and we, we talk about the real well, things. Brene Brown, that whole thing, she goes, Exactly. Hey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Three cheers for Renee Brown. So thanks for, for sharing with us. Go see Do and... Show one, show two, show three are huge parts of, mm. of your memoir. Mm. We, we will be talking about it. But I read last week on your socials that you wrote your last blog. And I was like, what must that feel like? This investment, you know. So I'm with you. I feel you. I see you. We always end with you're doing a good job. But you're doing a good job. I'm going to say, I'm going to repeat it at the end. Mm. But yeah, it's fucking tough. Oh, and I think... I think those who are familiar with the book will appreciate that, knowing, knowing the outcome. And, but also you talk about new beginnings in the book. So, yeah. There's that. I took heart from that because the changes and COVID. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. We are going to get into it. Uh, you uh, need to tell us. Yeah, I was about, about to say, how are you yes, really? You, you need to tell us about your, your, you've lost faith. What's happening? Look, I've gotten to a point in my therapy journey where I need to make an appointment <laughs> with my therapist. <laughs> wow. You know, that is the first step. So I have a therapist. I just need we to make an appointment. We haven't seen one another in a while. And she actually messaged me oh, wow. a couple of weeks ago. And she said, hey, Sam, so how are you feeling? Because the world is burning. <laughs> and oh, that's my line. The world is burning. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson always says, well, the world's a trash can, so <laughs> the world I is love a that. Literal and it trash is. Can. And the thing is, I, I, know, I know that so many people are. I'm an empath. I take it all on and I want to save the world. Mm. And Good luck with that. It's a hard day of reckoning. Like I've had many of them where I realize I'm but a drop in the ocean, friends, and I'm not going to save the world. But... Also, what I've been ingesting has a lot to do with my work, which is very serious. And journalists need to take care of their mental health. It's, yeah, it's not you're pretty dealing out with there, hard shit. You know? yeah. I don't know how you do it. I do not know how you do it. I have an ostrich approach. I just stick my head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. And I do the opposite. I'm just like, read. And I get mad at people. I don't get mad at you. You're okay. I get mad at people for being like, why don't you know about this? Why don't you care about this? Why don't you, you know? So there's just been a lot of that. And I've been listening to a lot of like on the way. Maybe this will give you a glimpse into my state of mind, into how I am. I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks 
as well as read. So I'm reading for work. Yours was a delightful pleasure change in in a different change direction rather than yes. the heaviness of okay, I deal a lot in obstetric violence and I'll I'll just leave oh it Lord. at that. And um, you know, really looking into the Go theory. Your therapist, yeah. Just saying. It's it's tough out there, guys. So I, I deal a lot in that. I deal a lot in like um women's health and sexual reproductive health what's happening in the states is making me feel ill everything i've just taken on and am taking it personally and want to inform everybody and change things um so the one book i was listening to was um a book called change the system not the woman which is about the everyday sexism project in the uk and it's about everyday sexism in the uk <laughs> the most disgusting stories relayed in that book but i listened the author laura bates i think is her name does a phenomenal job in giving you kind of an, an you know overview of what's happening there but then you think that's just in the uk <laughs> what if i were to do the mm. same in south africa mm. horrifying we're the rape capital of the world okay it's it's winners so there's that. So that winners. i yeah. finished that audiobook on my run on sunday morning and started my next book which is called um uh some no it's by sadata makaji and the name Escapes me, but it's about the history of cancer. <laughs> a little so light my, reading. It's mm-hmm. just a little light reading, mm-hmm. guys. So I, I know, I know, I you know. You need to watch an episode of Shit's Creek or something. I just because need to you like just need take a break for the mind. Exactly. So I realized this. I reached a point where I was crying on my bed over the weekend, and it wasn't a okay. Can I good. recommend the latest? Gail Schimmel for yes. you then, please. Little yes. secrets. Please Don't. be reading some of my co-author's work because you need some of that. Yeah, you guys. You need I some need, of that. Yeah. And your The therapist. Emperor of Melodies is what it's called. Sadata Makaji. It's done oh. really well. Look, I just want to see how he did it. He did it really well. <laughs> it's an end... When, since when has the history of cancer ever been entertaining? I mean, listen, no, but that is fascinating. But mm. the way that he does it, guys, that's what I'm after. So I just want to mm. kind of unpack mm. how did you write it but I need to choose my timing. You know? Yeah, when <laughs> you're not a broken human being and you haven't watched the end of Firefly Lane. <laughs> yeah, it broke me. It broke me. So I, I haven't done myself any favors in terms of what I'm ingesting, reading and watching. Um, yeah, so I've lost faith in humanity. But the, just this morning, so I read with the little boys um, at my kids' school. I read with those who are struggling to read, and I um, run the kids' lit quiz. Aww. Kiddies to try and kind of train them up in children's literature. They are very enthusiastic, as am I. <laughs> and we all love each other. It's, it's so nice. And this, this, morning, so this morning they said to me, Miss Sam, do you know you've got pink on your cheeks? <laughs> and I was like, I know, you know what? And I thought... Like maybe I didn't blend my <laughs> my makeup in properly because I really got dressed in the dark. So I told them that. I was like, I put my makeup in the dark. Is it too much? I'm looking at all these nine year olds and they're like, Yeah, it's a bit it's pink. Your your cheeks look pink. They're no different to what they are now, guys. <laughs> like maybe I don't know, you guys can tell me. I'm a, is my blush too much? I think your blush it's is looking fine. fine. <laughs> those boys, they prefer me without makeup. And well, it was just they must oh, really love you. It's like, you know, the history of cancer and 
everyday sexism aside, there are these gorgeous, tiny humans that tell me my face looks better without makeup. And I'm going <laughs> to hold on to that. Mm. So I've lost mm. faith in the grades of humanity and I'm doing my level best to just hold these precious souls every morning. Oh, that's as a much cute as they story. hold me. That's a cute story. Yeah. I love that. I do love that. <laughs> Back down to, to the shit. Oh yeah, well let's You've gone viral, but not in a not in a good way. I thought it was a really punny way of me. That's really funny. Thanks, Thanks. for that, Sam. <laughs> One day when I'm all grown up, I would like to go viral for the right reasons. Not because of my OnlyFans account, of course. But any- <laughs> no, I just we are struck down with a motherfucking virus, the lot of us. My whole household wiped out. It started this like has been like a month. You know what the oh, worst yeah, You know what the worst is when you go to the doctor and you've got all these fucking symptoms and all they can say is well, I can give you this to treat the symptoms because it's clearly a viral infection and you just got to ride it out. And that's all fine and well, but I also need to get better at some fucking point so that I can get back to my life. Mm, my kids can't mm, miss mm. school for weeks on end and shit needs to get done. I, I do not have time to be sick. And the sick part of this all is that when you then eventually get a secondary infection, which in my case was pneumonia, you actually do a little bit of a happy dance because you're like, great, now we have something we can We've get antibiotics. Yeah, we have no, a diagnosis no. and we can get antibiotics for this. Your mm, second round yes, of antibiotics. Needless to say that I had to do two rounds to fix it. But also, fuck you very much, COVID, because this pneumonia I got when I had COVID back in the day when it first came around. The second, so yeah, this this pr- plays a prominent role in the book. The the Not a prominent role. It plays a role that I was like, I remember where I was at this time. Mm, um, it's crazy now, hey? Looking what back. was the second mm. one called? It wasn't? Delta. Delta. She got... Delta, but like as in... Was Beta this? No, it wasn't Delta. F- no. Delta was the mm. second wave, wasn't it? Yeah, Delta. Was it third? I think I, I was... Did th- we have Beta? I don't know. I can't remember. Beta was third, I think. Delta was second. And, and I just... Omicron. Omicron. I had Omicron. Yeah. Oh, so bad. Yes. The last born had Omicron, yeah. And I just remember that we... Not only was it really severe, but then I got the COVID pneumonia... And my husband got the, is it pericarditis, where the heart muscles mm. get... Oh, that's nice. Yeah, lovely for your birth. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> I love that for us. It was lovely. Mm, anyway, and then also, I can't, I sit here and I tell these stories and I remember having severe depression after recovering, feeling depressed because people I knew who were my age, who had children my age, they actually fucking died. Mm. I know. And Our friends died. Yes, mm. like people died who were sick. They they contracted it the same day I did, and seven days later they were no more. And then I I sit and I complain about I still get pneumonia every time I get a hint of a flu because I it just keeps coming back. And then I have to remind myself that I'm still here. You know, I didn't have to leave my children without parents so there's a little fucking damper on the story for you <laughs> shall we haul out the wine now thank you very much <laughs> well, anyway we haven't exactly bemoaned our existence but what can i just remind you what do you always say and it always also has to do with cancer and i can never get the wording <laughs> right but it's 
She always says this, and we've probably said it maybe four times on the show. You're going to say it again. What? Am I going to have to say this? Yes, please. <sighs> okay, so. Pam needs to hear this. I, I do have, need to hear I it. I have this analogy about when you have, when you're going through a really shit time, it doesn't, you can't discount how people feel just because what they're going through might seem insignificant to you. Because it's like saying to a person with cancer who is literally terminally ill to say to them, oh, do you know what? At least you have a roof over your head. <laughs> That's fine. And I do have a house and I'm grateful that I'm not living on the street, but I'm fucking dying, you know, mm. not that I'm mm. comparing what I'm going through. Well, you're doing it again now. To dying. You're allowed, you're allowed to just validate your your, yeah, it's just that you don't, you don't know how that you've had. You don't know how severe what the person's feeling. It might feel to them in that Listen, moment. The editor of this book, Sibangeli, said to me, "Yes, you're a princess, but your struggles are real." Yes, that's the thing. So there yes. we go. We are princesses, but our struggles are real. <laughs> we just need it's to have valid. grace for one another. Let's don't it invalidate valid, what you've yes. been through the last few weeks. <laughs> and I, you repeat that story, and I make you repeat that story <laughs> over and over again, so that our listeners who are saying the same thing, like I'm struggling in new motherhood, but I had a friend just yesterday um, over the phone tell me, but her she's really struggling, but her three children are healthy. She had a sister who passed away who was mentally disabled. Oh. And she's comparing her motherhood journey to her mother's motherhood journey. And I was like, it's not the same. And mm. you can't, you can't t keep telling yourself that you have to be grateful for every second because not one of your children are mentally ill. It's unfair to your experience as a mother. I can remember being, I mean, my kids got sick every Joburg winter. And, mm. you know, it's that Joburg winter asthma. Mm. And I was mm. really, you know, into every natural thing. So it really upset me that they had to be on cortisone pumps mm. and um, antihistamines, the whole yes. nine yards, you know. So I, I, I just, you know, I can remember like honestly like phoning a friend just feeling so hysterical because they just don't get better. And mm. I think we actually whipped the firstborn out of school for two weeks and went to the coast just so that, you know, he could breathe. And so you absolutely, it is a very traumatic time when your kids are sick. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's the helplessness of it mm. all when you're like, if I think now of and going lack of sleep. back and forth to the doctor and like them, you, I'm like, I'm coming to you for answers. Just fix this so I mm. can mm. exist, so mm. I can carry on existing. And you're because you're a fixer as a parent, it's hard to accept that you just got to sit in this mm. and just Lack of sleep, it. helplessness. And how do you tell clients or your boss, in, in the case of full-time working moms or part, even part-time working moms, how do you... I, I don't anymore. I don't even bother saying my kid was man down last week. My kid was man down last week with gastro and I'm late on a deadline. Mm. And I got a very stroppy email from a client that upset me. But that, to send the mail back and say, you don't understand, I was checking my child every five minutes to make sure he wasn't dehydrated. Nobody actually wants to hear that. There's no space for that. Yeah. For that, Because the time that I'm putting in on that job is more important to them than, than the time that I put in in caring for my child. And that's the injustice of it all. So among mothers, let's not invalidate mm. that feeling. Mm. 
And yeah. I wish, and I wish it wasn't like that. And I wish we actually could, because it depresses me hearing you two talk about this. Because Sorry. obviously, <laughs> it, it hasn't improved. We're since, actually a fun bunch. Of you know, no, but it's like hasn't improved since 15 years ago when I was doing this. Uh, you know, and I, no, I have that line in the book where I say no. they would push my still warm corpse out of the way to yes. get another yes. editor in there or whatever. You know, because that is TV. That's mm. TV. It's very the similar to what you are. Yes. So, you know, and I also get it from a, you know, having been a company owner and whatever, there is no extra money. There's no fat to uh, allow for. You can't you take know. family leave days. Yeah. All three just, of us are in the same boat. There's no such thing as family leave yeah. days when you're freelancing. Work for yourself. You'll have more freedom working for yourself. You'll yeah. be, and you'll everybody be will want you on blessing. every committee because you've got so much free time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, <sighs> we've sufficiently bemoaned <laughs> yeah, our existence. Um, things are looking normal, to be honest, Charlene. We're back, we're back old, to us. Same, same old, same old. <laughs> Um, it feels weird that we're looking for ways to temper our drinking. Yeah, we should be drinking um, more. We should be drinking more. <laughs> but it turns out that we're going to be talking with you about exactly this. Mm. Mm. Please remember, what we say on this podcast can only be considered the gospel on planet Sam and Charlene, respectively. Our kids and husbands can be assholes and angels at the same time. And only we're allowed to say so. And lastly, by virtue of the fact that we are amazingly insightful and incredibly divine human beings and a fucking to be honest, we reserve the right to change our minds and or contradict ourselves whenever we so choose. And we don't want to hear a damn thing about it. Hashtag no judges. There's something we've neglected mm-hmm. to ask our interviewees in the past few episodes. episodes. I'm not sure why, but we're getting back to it because we want to hear about your motherhood journey. Um, and so we're going to start with what we typically ask all our guests, and that's who calls you mom? We want to hear about your kiddos. We want to hear about, literally briefly, which is sad because actually I would like, I would like this extended, but we would like to pick your brain more. But we want to hear about your kiddos and being a mom, the good, the bad, the ugly. Okay. It'll have to be a curated um, <laughs> version because the age my kids are at, you get cancelled. You get cancelled. <laughs> On a regular basis. Listen, for probably what you the say. age our kids are at. <laughs> She's like, my seven year old cancelled yeah, my your, husband. Your seven year old sounds, like I said, <laughs> brutal, ruthless. <laughs> 12 A's in my trick, I predict. Um, okay, so I have two kids. I've got the, and I'm not going to use their names because I have not had written permission. <laughs> People think I'm joking. I'm not. No, joking. no, good, good choice. So Mom, I have choice. the firstborn who is 22 going on 23, and he is in the UK working what we would call here a stooge um, at a school. It's like an assistant. They call it, I think, a gap assistant there. Um, You're basically a skivvy. He's in the wilds of Norfolk and um, bemoaning, I think, his B-real yesterday was about how it's 13 degrees. He's very much not enjoying the weather. (laughs) But he is earning a shitload of cash because he doesn't have to pay for transport or accommodation or food. So he went and watched Yeah, he went and watched Beyonce, I think, last week. Oh no, he didn't. He did. So anyway, so he's been travelling around Europe every half term he rushes off to Greece or something. But he moans a lot. Um, that's his that's his thing. We um I, I'm actually incredibly proud of him because I wanted to kill him after he finished his degree. 
Um, you write about this in the book. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're the shouters in the family. So there's a lot of, <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. We'll I fucking Charlene hate and you. Her. Well, actually, yep, and Jess go. as well. But yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just so proud of how he's grown up. I mean, he's really, you know, like he traveled to France on his own. He's, he's quite an anxious person. So I was just, I'm actually blown away by how independent he's been. You know, he's been off the payroll for a year, which has been amazing. It does happen, girls, just saying. They eventually do get <laughs> off the payroll. Um, and fairly early for kids these age. These um, days. These days. Yeah. Well, and I think it might be a temporary thing because I think there might be more studying might, in his future. Might be coming back. <laughs> yeah. okay. Boomerang, boomerang. A brief <laughs> You didn't tell us about that until we <laughs> yeah, prompted sorry. you. Come on. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. But anyway, um, I'm actually, he bought me a present. You can't see it, but he bought me these beautiful earrings. And I was just like, oh, my God, who is this child? Like, you know, I, I, I don't know him. <laughs> I did actually notice your earrings earlier. Show that, wait, that okay, are beautiful. Show us. Show us. There oh, we go. Wow. The little hoops with yeah. the Beautiful. Good on I mean, you, first so gorgeous. I got beautiful perfume at Christmas. Oh, man. He's, Really, I'm I'm quite stunned. So we will see him in Italy in a few weeks' time. I haven't seen him for six months, so I can't wait. So Good job, firstborn. Yes, well done. Woo, wait. This is, we're getting a lot of applauses this episode. <laughs> He's a, a great actor, actually, so he would enjoy that. <laughs> and then the last born is in her first year at UCT, which has been... Baptism by fire, yeah. So they've had all the protests and stuff, Mm. which have been... And she actually does love to burn shit down. You know, she's quite a quite a, quite a protest at school. Love to protest. The to start young. <laughs> I want to know what we're yeah. in for. Yeah. <laughs> Little fires everywhere, yeah. kind of vibes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she's she's had a tough time. I think she's kind of realised how you know how much she actually loves her home so she has been coming back we thought we would lose her to cape town like immediately but she's been coming back home she's really appreciating joburg you know um so yeah she's home now for two months she's actually changed courses she started with drama and she's going to screenwriting to mama oh no way are you proud you know, I wish she had had a better start to the year, but mm. I think, you know, she said, like, why? She said, Mom, it's the same as childbirth. Why doesn't everybody yeah. tell you how hard that first year <laughs> of varsity is going to be? So she went back to her school and she was like, I am telling all of them how hard it is in res. I'm going to be honest. Yes, and I will be honest. And I was like, that's my girl. Because <laughs> she's actually a fantastic writer as well. Um, she is, she's just, yeah, she's a super overachiever. Um Swimmer, water polo player, drama director, you wow. know, like really, she, but very tough on herself. Things. Yeah, very tough on herself. Um, yeah, and my kids are also super, super tall. So I'm like the short shit in the family and they like to sort of stand next to me and pat me on the head. <laughs> so they're both sort of six foot. And you're not short. I, thank you. Thank you. No, I am not short. You're not short. <laughs> what the fuck? You're a great height. Thank you. Thank you. But they are super tall. So um, the husband is tall. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think that's... you. It must, I, I admire, I'm listening to you with such appreciation because I often think, I imagine what it will be like when I look at my children mm. when they're young adults mm. 
because I mean obviously you love them and you fucking hate them sometimes mm. but you love them mm. a lot also and then when they do things that make you proud you have such appreciation for the human beings they're evolving into and they they still surprise you because I think we often underestimate them but I'm listening to you saying this now and I think I hope I I look at my children when they're young adults with such mm. respect and mm. adoration and proud, like just being pride, yeah. pride mm. being proud and having pride. Um, all the proudness. Mm. <laughs> all of those things. All the, the of proudest the of prides. But can I tell you, the tragedy is that as they become nice people, they fuck off and leave you. That's actually <laughs> the, yeah, the saddest thing is that you – want to actually be around them and spend time with them and that's when they go. Because they're great humans and you're like, I fucking mm. like you. And you know, the great thing is, and then you think, fuck, I actually did something right. Because you do question mm. that, you know. All the time. Yeah. Especially mm. now. Our kids are five, six and seven. Which is a great age. It's a, Although I think and probably and, like... And two. Sorry, I okay. forgot about Sorry, my other Noe. one. Two, five, Sorry, six. Noah, Jack. <laughs> two, five, six and seven. Noah, Jack won't care. He's <laughs> just... He couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> what and is the greatest do? age? Nine, ten is actually really? great. Really? Really? Oh, yeah, it's so That's lovely. interesting. You do it's kind of think, mm. fuck, I'm fucking this kid up. Yes. Proper. You do. You like... I, like I am screwing... The Puccia is a real no, Go, go, go to Winnicott's, what's it, theory of good enough mothering, yes. stroke parenting. Yeah. We need to do an episode on good enough parenting. You do. Yes, you do. We do. Okay. <sighs> we okay. could we could be here on the good, the bad, the ugly um, of parenting, but you've got several other babies. Since you're such a proud mom. Yes. Let's talk about this. My year of not getting shit-faced. Mm-hmm. Um it all, water. it all started on one fate. We've just celebrated Mother's Day. We're gearing up for Father's Day. It's so interesting to me that this happened on Mother's mm, Day. Mm. I find it incredibly yeah. entertaining. What happened? Because it's, it's in the very beginning. Readers will read about it. But I want to I hear the story again because this started your journey into basically writing about a year that you went off the grog, as you put it. And it wasn't, and disclaimer, obviously I did not go off the grog for a whole year. Because mm. everyone's like, you didn't actually go off the grog for a year. We saw you drinking mm. at that it's event. Not getting yeah. shit-faced. Mm, mm. Get it right, folks. Anyway, yeah. so what happened was that a friend of ours was having this like big Mother's Day bash, but the husband had already arranged a lunch um, at the local grill, which alas is no more, mm. um, in Parktown North. So we went off for lunch. I had a couple of drinks there. I think the firstborn and I might have had a fight. I don't remember. Was this 2019? Hey, because uh, for no, me, the placement's no. in the history. Was it 2020? Was it not 2020? Couldn't have One. been 2020. I think it was 2021. I, I don't actually remember. Because but it COVID, was in COVID. It was in, in COVID. COVID. So listen, it must have Might been have 2021. Been t- it was 2021 because last year was 2022. Yeah. And that's what, what, marked, are we in? That's what marked the full year for yes, you. Yes, and yes, we're now in 2023 and the book is published. Indeed. Gotcha. This was 2021. We're still masking it up. We're, we're in, in the thick of it. We're in the thick of it. We're but in the thick things of it. Have Opened up well, and, and they will close again yeah, and then they'll open the up and they then they'll close again. up, then they close. So obviously at that point, and I don't remember if you recall how you would have get-togethers 
and said, don't put it on Facebook because yeah. everyone's going to shit on our Everybody's heads. Everybody's going to judge yes. us. Because yes. we <laughs> had a get-together. So I think this was a, a legit get-together. It must have been because we went to local grill. And then came home. So I'd had like a couple of glasses of wine. I mean, I wasn't like off my face or anything. And came home and then we went to the friend's house and I just I obviously was drinking wine or whatever and then I had like a brownout. I didn't remember half of what happened. Um, and a friend of mine actually told me like a couple of days later what I had been up to. Um, and it was like such a shock to me because obviously... I mean, I had had that before where, you know, things had been hazy or whatever. I don't think I've ever had a complete blackout um, where you, you know, don't remember an entire evening. But I, I certainly have had that before. But it was kind of like, whoa, what are you doing? But that was actually only one thing. And it, it is weird that, you know, Mother's Day seems to be my, my biggie. I think my therapist We're going to go there. We're going to go yeah, there. Yeah, would have a field day with that. But it wasn't <laughs> only that. It was, it was like a number of things. It was that. Mm. It was the fact that being told by Auntie and Kosasana that I could not drink. Immediately, I was rebellious and I was like, I will be finding my bootlegger and I will be drinking. <laughs> I will be drinking. Does I will that be sound familiar, my own gin. <laughs> and I will be drinking more, in fact. <laughs> I will be buying all of the yeast <laughs> from the supermarket. I did not do the pineapple beer. Did anybody do the pineapple no, beer? I, I know people who did the things, <laughs> is all I will say. But that, so it was kind of like, it was thinking about all of that. It was the Mother's Day thing. And then it was like also having watched the emergency rooms empty out when alcohol was banned. Mm. And it was like, guys, and then all of us celebrating when we could drink again. I was, I was actually quite worried about it. It was like, Lord, we actually do have a problem, chaps. Like, Mm. hi, South Africa, we have a problem. We are South Africa and we are alcoholics. Mm. Um, Yeah, so that, I think it was like a number of things for me. And I just noticed that... And I I talk about this in the book, and I think that's why I had to sort of find moderation because a lot of the quicklet, and quicklet is all the books about giving up the grub completely, you know, talk about people, you know, two bottles of wine Mm. a night and schnaffing coke and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and that wasn't me. So I couldn't couldn't really relate Relate to that. Relate to that, yeah. So that sort of, you know, led to the book and everything. I, I wrote what I needed to read. In fact, um, because I just think as a nation, we all need to have a very strong look at our drinking. And if we can even just cut down, because I don't think everybody's going to give up, you know. Mm. No. It's it's definite. And we're going to get into the, the mommy wine culture. But I what really made me interested in chatting with you and getting hold of this book um, in bothering the team, the wonderful Jonathan Ball team, founded <laughs> <laughs> by Jonathan Me Ball. again, guys, um, is because Charlene has been on a wellness journey, and and it's working so well for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Charlene, maybe just take up drinking again. That's yeah, I mean, like, I don't know why. At least I won't care about <laughs> being sick. I will admit this. I read this book with a whiskey in hand. <laughs> Most of it, you know, but over, you were appreciating over, it. You were I, appreciating. I was appreciating it, and I can say that we've spoken about it. Last episode, we spoke about Charlene's um, various addictions, 
um, in particular mm. to to cheesecake. It a was, cheesecake addiction. Yeah, it was. You this know, was a bad. I was going to comment on because uh, because the the moderation part of your journey is what I find. Interesting. So I'm hearing a, a background noise. It sounds like yes, our neighbors so are renovating. Are, let's, let's just confirm here with our <laughs> editor. We are in load shedding, correct? And there, Who knows? There, we might, there might be generator noises and it, or yes. construction and shit shows. <laughs> and people singing next door. So you know this is the TIA, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the moderation part is what I find interesting because I've – I've often, when I first felt pregnant, I uh, gave up alcohol um, because I'm growing a baby. And then I would talk to some moms who were like, oh, no, I had at least, I had like one glass of wine a day and throughout my whole pregnancy. Oh, wow. Okay. And then as soon as I, I was out of my first trimester, I still had a glass of wine with my dinner every day. And the minute that baby was out, some moms chose not to breastfeed, so they were like... And I, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait to get uh, back into drinking my wine. And they would often say to me, I don't know how. How did, you, how did you not drink? I can't believe you didn't have a glass of wine throughout your whole pregnancy. And I did. I, I mean, I, I didn't find it to be weird. I, I never thought about it that much. But I used to be a smoker and I quit smoking as well. And my thought process was just, I'm going to give up smoking when I'm pregnant I'm not really enjoying it anymore. It's bad for my health. I can see myself aging. I want to quit, so I quit. I think the big part of where I struggle is moderation. I, I only have an on or an off switch. Mm, and mm. so for me, it's an all or nothing because I know, I know I won't be able to keep it up if I have, I won't, I cannot stick to just mm. one glass with mm, dinner, mm, it's mm. it's not within me. I I don't know how else to and and I I've tried. I can't. I'll just be like, oh, just another one and an another one, and then it's two or three bottles later. And I have the same problem with food. I do the same with the way I consume television, food, series, exercise. It's all. Or nothing so she, otherwise I can't do it we described in our last episode how she was on an eight week like it's punishment eating like a <laughs> eating ridiculous plan. eating dry broccoli mm-hmm. and dry, smoked yeah. chicken yeah. A, a, a steamed chicken unpleasant food and then Anneli on the club on 947 decided to find the best cheesecake in Joburg and Charlene here gets on that bandwagon, and I binge. We chat about her having all of the Joburg four, cheesecake, yeah, four, four slices, slices of day. cheesecake a day. I, I am, I, th- I just, you I are an all or nothing. Yeah. I'm, an, I'm, I think I have. A, a, I don't think I, I. It's been confirmed in my opinion by my <laughs> behavior. I have an addictive personality. I do get mm, addicted to mm. a feeling or a sensation or a something, and so I do think that. When you say moderation as a nation, I do think that moderation is a, a great concept for those who know they can manage it because some people can't manage mon- moderation. You think it's that addiction gene? That's something you don't touch on, but you've read a lot of quitlets. And I must also say that at the back of the book, you list um, a lot of quitlets. The library. <laughs> the library. You... Um, 
and Claire Pooley is one of them actually in my writing about sober curiosity. Um, it's, it's another Claire, a South African mom who I interviewed. And I mean, she was what you would describe. She was, you know, up to like a two, one to two bottles of vodka, oh like hard liquor a day. It, at one point. And the awful thing is I'm a like day, almost guys. in admiration like how somebody could how? drink that much. How? They, <laughs> how? They, yeah. And still manage to hold it together. I mm. think education is important here because oh. I know people similar to how you describe your experience with alcohol where you have a low tolerance in fact. Mm, mm, right mm. so you could and i know people like that they're like so-and-so's auntie oh my god she's gonna be at the bry this auntie we know after two glass my nana was like that and my mom is very similar to you where um scarred by by her mother's alcoholism essentially mm, and so mm. my mother is dead against alcohol she hates it because of her experience mm. Um, we all have this relationship with alcohol and addiction, and I, I don't think we talk about it. So I think therein, you know, we need to be educated about this. Let's talk about the addiction gene. Mm. Um, let's talk about tolerance and how each of us, you know, tolerates alcohol differently or will kind of digest it differently. And how, you know, and teach our kids about how, okay, how does that make you feel and how, like, to, to stay in control of their, of, you know, to, to essentially learn moderation. Is that not possible? You know? I think for some people, I think what you describe, if you if there is no off button, then you are better off just giving it up. And I have the, I've lived that now for the longest time mm. and I find it I find it easier. I don't miss it. I don't. That's beautiful. Yeah. And and it's not that I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't drink. You should not drink. judgy at all. It's not. Or, it's yeah. just mm, what works mm. for me. I I don't enjoy it. it. My husband always says the juice is just not worth the squeeze. Mm. I'm just. I'm not even gonna squeeze it because we had a wedding on Saturday. I took two sips of a glass of champagne to cheers. I put it down. An hour later, I had a splitting headache. And oh, wow. okay. I, I, I just don't enjoy it. And then I have to think back. Normally, the headache would only kick in later because I'd keep drinking, mm. you know, so I won't notice the headache because mm. I'd be like, mm. I, I better carry on drinking before the headache hits me, you know. It's, and it just it perpetuates itself. So I enjoy not drinking. I, I'm happier that way. And I think, listen, I think it is the same thing as with smoking and whatever, you know, smoking was so prevalent. I mean, I said in the book, I'm pretty sure my mother smoked throughout yes. her pregnancy with me. You know, like everybody smoked. They smoked in the car with us. They smoked all the time. Mm, so, mm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't think alcohol will ever be phased out completely. But I think there was somebody at my book launch, and I think who grew up in a Mediterranean country, and she was saying... They just don't drink like we drink here. Mm. The binge drinking. We the, drink differently here. Yeah. Mm. It's and mm. and, and it's then I read something brain. else. I read something else about um, in Greece where getting drunk is frowned upon. So we've got to stop celebrating this getting pissed, getting off mm. our trolleys. And I feel quite strongly about it with the kids. Like let's not celebrate them having ten shots for their eighteenth or the twenty yes. first or. Whatever. Let's actually do and and also on you know um, hens and bulls or whatever. What do we call it? Bachelorettes, bachelorette, whatever it's called yeah. now. Um, Getting shit faced where they have to like you have to pick them up we, off the you floor. You literally and they have can't alcohol remember. poisoning. Yes. Like let's actually stop 
celebrating all that. Stomachs need to be pumped, yeah, guys. Yeah. So I think I think if we can sort of move towards that, and really like not, yeah, we don't have to drink like that. Ooh. We don't have to mm-hmm. drink like that. And maybe eventually, I mean, I I quote um, Professor Nutt in yeah in the book where he says that I think it's is it. In fact, the amount of alcohol that's good for you is like a glass a year. Yes. Something like what? that. What? Or a half a glass a year. But he advocates, so he tells you all the things that are wrong with alcohol. It's carcinogenic. It's this, is it's this that, the it's dude with, that has a, a, wine, a, wine bar a wine bar with his, with his, his daughter. daughter? But he says, you know, it promotes sociability or whatever. So I like that though. I like the fact that he goes, this is, you know, all the stuff that it can do to you. So... Be very cognizant that what you are ingesting is a strong drug. This is so uh, like you mentioned, let's talk about it. Education. Education, Mm. I think, here is the big thing because what is it actually doing? Alcohol alcohol is it's such a readily available drug. Mm. It is Mm. and it's an incredibly addictive drug. As well. That causes a lot of damage to families. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the definition of alcoholism is not how much alcohol you consume. It's the impact and the effect it has on you and those around you, you know, based on your behavior or how it impacts everyone. It it can hurt a lot of people. It's not only detrimental to your health, you know. Because also, I I know after having had a mucha hangover, I hit this like low, total down, like Mm. feeling real depressed. Because you've borrowed your dopamine, you've borrowed all that dopamine, you've used all that dopamine up, and now you've got none left, and Mm -hmm. you feel like shit. And it's just the shitty cycle that you keep getting back onto and going. And also, you you know, and I talk about in the book as well how, like, I realized it sort of was masking my other addiction which is work and it was allowing me to work those hours actually Mm. and then I would just have a couple of and it wasn't like I was drinking a lot but I was having a couple of glasses of wine just to actually deal Mm. you know with the stress of it you 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 had to overwork yes Um, I mean there was no there was no there was an alternative in the way I mean I've been there I I was there last night I got the shitty shitty email Mm -hmm. yeah guess you sat there with her laptop with a whiskey. Yeah. I just need, I'm just living for my whiskey at the that, end of the day. Yeah. Mm. And that I think is something that moms really need to be seen here is even on days that I go, look, I've, I think I'm going through a breakup with wine. I don't think wine and I are friends anymore. <laughs> I'm we, so sorry. It's, it's okay. We'll get through it. <laughs> it's not having a great effect on me. I turned, I know you guys are going to go, oh, oh, Sam. I turned 36. And after turning 36, wine affects me really badly. Mm. I can see it. The, de- the depression, the snappiness with my kids, often not a lot, hey? Mm. And the headaches. I had two mm. glasses of wine on Sunday, and for two days after that, I had the weirdest, like, dull headache. Mm. Whiskey, I'm not, the, I'm not quite there. Whiskey and I are still very much in love, guys. But mm. um, one, mm. one glass a night. But I'm, I am, I think this is, what, this is what I was talking about, about education and just being honest with ourselves and each other. I, you know, just know this effect and know your limits and take note of what it's doing to your body, you know, and take note of that, uh, yes, it's not healthy that I'm working at night. 
No, it, you shouldn't be working like that. I shouldn't actually. be working like that. Because mm. I woke up at 5 a.m. And part of my work is motherhood essentially as well. And that add that to my hours. Whereas I'm very typically hard on myself. Shit, I only worked four hours today. Okay, Sam, also you did the shopping and took the kids to the extra murals. And, and, but also and, if you'd and, been in an office, you would have only worked four hours. God knows, you would probably worked two hours and spent the rest of the time bitching with somebody <laughs> over there, having coffee, You're not wrong, having a meeting. You know. You're not wrong. I just, yeah, so I, I think just taking note, being cognizant. I, we always talk about, you know, being, what's that in the moment? What Not meditation, like... Mindfulness. Mindfulness, mm. 100%. Mm. I think my, mm. mindfulness around... Alcohol is a first step for me. I'm really interested, though, in when you talk about al- alcohol dulling your experience in what it brought up for you. Because you, and the book is, look, I'd, we're going to get quite heavy, I suppose, but the book is very light. You are a great comedy writer. Thank you. It's, it's funny as all hell, um, but it's there's a lot there and and. I want to chat about your mom, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. um, because I think there's a lot that we can relate to. And if you and I can relate to it, then I know. Our I think most, yeah, I'm in my it. mind. I'm thinking about some of my friends who can relate. Your mother and father's deaths. Um, your your money troubles, which I suppose, I, not not I suppose, a lot of us, Charlene and I for sure, went through very similar experiences mm-hmm. during that time. I think almost all of us did. The, you know, the fear, all of those feelings kind of cropped up for you. Did you expect, was it unexpected? Was that part, because you were just going to document this, fuck, something happened on Mother's Day and I had a brownout and I Which don't really like this. It totally it sounds like diarrhea. <laughs> hey? Every time I know, it's just so, I just see like these stained pants. <laughs> So worrying. Anyway, yes. You had that experience and you decided, okay, I'm going to go a year without getting shit-faced. And for many of those months, you didn't have alcohol. You substituted with de-alcoholized wine and, you know, you Mm. you Mm. kind of experimented and saw how this was going to play out. Did you expect those feelings to crop up and memories and the rawness around your family life and, you know, Things that you had maybe been dulling with alcohol. And I listen, I don't think it was just the alcohol. I think obviously we went into a lockdown, which helped yeah. me not drinking because I could just say, no, I'm not you know, going out because COVID, whatever. So I think there was a lot of time to think about things. You know, to but I, I have journaled for years. I've journaled for probably like, God, I don't know, 30 years. So this was not unusual for me to... You know, I, I write to make sense of the world. Mm. So I, I keep a journal. I write every day and it probably stops me killing writers who haven't handed scripts in and things, you know. So that that wasn't kind of unusual for me documenting it or whatever. But yes, certainly when you can't dull your pain with alcohol and, and it's like what you were saying, like people died. Like I was just in disbelief. Like you'd be at a lunch with somebody then somebody would get COVID and, hey, presto, they were gone. Our one scriptwriter on our show who had COVID, he was 33, he had COVID the same time as me and the husband in a coma, mm. did not. And just like seeing his name on, you know, on the credits and stuff, it 
just absolutely freaked me out. So there was kind of a lot of stuff coming to terms with our mortality, mm. I think, which we don't do. And mm. we do and we do dull everything, not just with booze, but with going out, with exercise, with work. I mean, work. I'm a total workaholic mm. and that addiction became very clear to me as well. Like it's the way... I don't know. I, I can avoid thinking about things by just working constantly. I don't have to consider, you know, anything um, too hard. And then obviously because I was um, thinking, because I was giving up booze, because I was like um, thinking about my relationship with alcohol. And I mean, listen, I've done this for many years as well. I've been, as I say in the book, you know, I've We've been other Mother's Days, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're of Irish descent. Not my first yes. rodeo. It's very much a family thing. Yes, except my dad you. is was the Irish one. My mom, um, and oddly enough, he signed the pledge. So they were actually not a big bunch of drinkers. So it, it, they weren't. My mom, half French, half Afrikaans. And they were the party. They were the party animals. It's and Afrikaners, this unskilled. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's uns Afrikaans means. But the thing with my mum was that she honestly was sort of like the best person when she was sober. Really, she would give you the shirt off her back. She was the most amazing person. Just a person that everybody gravitates to and whatever. And I think. Most other people, it was very hard writing about it, actually. I felt really guilty. I felt like I was being mm. so disloyal. And I found it hard speaking about it um, in book launches and panels and things. Because, I mean, I know it's completely insane. You know, my mum died in 2010 and my dad died 2000 and, Lord, three. Yes, 2003, because he would have been 100 this, this year. year. Oh, wow. So I felt so disloyal. Speaking about it, but in fact, my editor and publisher were like pushing me. They said, you've got to actually tell us what the hell you're talking about here. Because I'd sort of allude to things. And then they were like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, we're not inside your head. We don't mm. know what you're talking about. So I had to speak about their relationship. I come from a very religious family. We were very staunch Catholics. I went to Catholic schools. Um, so it was very much about keeping up appearances. You know, people didn't get divorced. You didn't talk about those family issues. Um it just was what it was kind of thing. But it really did affect me. The driving drunk, the, you know, my father belittling my mom, um, all those sort, sort of things like really, really affected me as a mm, child. Obviously. Um, and I think especially, you know, I'm very close to my siblings, but I'm the lot Lamaki. Mm. So I had many years with my parents without them. And I think there was a level of protection when they were there. And then when they had all sort of moved out of home, then I was just dealing with it. You know, my mum sort of consulting me about whether she should divorce my father when I was 12 and me. Like, I'm just a kid. Like, I haven't actually had a relationship. Don't really know my, what to tell you. My feeling. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there was kind of a lot of a lot of that. And I had to unpack that. And, and I've had to sort of speak about it. And I know... <sighs> I don't know. You know, even now, I'm like, was it the right thing to feels, speak about yeah, it? It kind of feels like a betrayal on some level. To you, like, mm, you're And I'm not good at being vulnerable, mm. you know. So I also had to be very vulnerable. And also, like, about the money thing, you know. I mean, we were so in important, shit street. Though, so, so important. And I appreciated that because, fuck, I and my husband and I talk about it a lot. And 
I'm sure you guys do too, where you're looking at people around you and you're like, what the fuck, guys? How? How are you? It's mm. not even about the cars mm. you drive. No. It's about the the schools your kids go to. Um, It's about, like, there's a lot of, like, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And mm. social media escalated that in a big way or, like, puts a spotlight on it. And I appreciated your honesty in that because it made me feel normal, mm. you know? So thank you. Um, no, and thank you. And more, thank you for thanking me. More of that. More of that. We need to talk mm, about it. Mm. We keep saying we also want to have like a financial uh, episode f- for women. That it's that's so important. And the generational trauma. And 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 I was at a panel um, at the Kingsmead Book Fair. Um, and and what was the the one thing they said? A woman would rather discuss her death than talk about money. Like as women, we've got an, like, I don't even want to ask for more money. I don't want to talk mm. about money, mm. you know, and, and I think it is very important. And, and what we were saying as well earlier today, we were just saying like people see us on social media and I know like, and quite a few people came up to me afterwards and said, God, we thought your life was so perfect. And it was a real shock to read the book and find out what you'd been going through. But I, I, I wanted that deliberately because I wanted to say, listen, guys, nobody's life is perfect. Mm. COVID was tough. Fucking killer, yeah. A killer for so m- most of us. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah killer, killer <laughs> generally. Wow. But, <laughs> <laughs> ish, ish. but yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we. this is why we're here. We're here for vulnerability. We're here to kind of crack that all wide open. And this book does... Does exactly that. You've you did my homework for me in choosing an extract. Normally I do, and I could not decide which which of these. I hope you don't mind me dogging ear, doggy earing your book. Do you mind? Oh my there's, god! Now I'm gonna have to leave. Pencil marks in oh, here. I've written in it. Flounces out. That's actually quite cute. As I you know, that's you know, it's like I an academic it. term. I it's say, an academic term. Sam, <laughs> Sam's things. <laughs> Let's hear an extract from your book. Direct me to the page, Pam, that you did. Here we go. Act 1. 16, 17, whatever. Okay, should I begin? Please. Act 1. I am never drinking again. May 2021 to July 2021. Thursday, day 4. I have started this journal to document my attempts to get my booze habit under control because of what happened on Mother's Day. Mother's Day was on Sunday. Why am I only writing this on a Thursday? because I was paralyzed by a severe shame attack until now. Also, I had just had coffee with the Westcliff wives. A waiter once called us that because we seemed like ladies who lunch and the name stuck. They were at lunch and they filled me in on what happened because I did not remember. Let me summarize what went down. Got off my face, drunk. Picked fight with Hamlet, a man I barely knew. No, I still don't know why. Fell and hurt shin and hand badly whilst dancing was super irritating and demanded that they play all my favourite songs. Sang loudly and possibly out of tune to said songs. Danced like I thought I was starring and so you think you can dance. Snatched the ciggies out of the mouths of young adults present and blew smoke rings whilst declaring, we did not spend 15 hours pushing you out of our vaginas for you to die of lung cancer. Rita, our own kids were at home and I had not pushed any of the young adults present out of anywhere. Only remembered snippets of evening. This is called a brownout. Yes, unfortunately, that sounds like a type of diarrhea. <laughs> a terrible shame attack, but no proper hangover. I get the worst hangovers, so I should have been cheering and turning cartwheels about that, but 
But I wasn't because I knew from my excessive Googling what that meant, that I had developed some kind of tolerance to alcohol. My alcohol consumption had definitely increased during the days of Auntie Rona. The getting drunk but wasn't the huge shock to me. The not remembering was. It's not like I haven't had brownouts before, but it, it had been a while. I thought I'd grown up a bit, become more mature. Clearly, I hadn't. There were gaping holes in my memory of what happened that night. Also, picking fights with people. I usually love people when I'm shit-faced. What was that about? I still break out in a cold sweat thinking about it. Thank you. Pleasure. Goodness. Go out and get this book, people. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Pamela, you mentioned earlier that COVID was helping you with your journey on like avoiding alcohol because mm. you could say I'm not going out or whatever. Tell us about the reaction people had to mm. you if you were to say, look, I'm I'm not drinking at the moment or... Actually, I think, it, I, think I was helped though because there weren't actually social occasions. Mm. So when I did go out, I mean, people were actually fine. They were fine with it. I took my um, de-alcoholized um, sparkling wine, Alua. Mm-hmm. Because the dealcoholized wine is, yeah, listen. is nasty. Grape juice yellow. <laughs> nasty. Um but that but the allure is pretty good. Um so I would take that, you know, I would drink that and then after a couple of hours and I was just working all hours, God sent. So, you know, I'd go out for a couple of hours and then I'd go home. And um and it was just so beautiful not having hangovers or you know, because, you know, even if you've had like an evening where you haven't got completely shit-faced, it's like what you were saying. You have a bit of a headache the next day or whatever. So, in fact, I actually, you know, quite enjoyed it. I didn't really get any pushback from anybody. They were, I think they were quite supportive, probably a bit surprised. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, generally speaking, it was fine. But I don't know also if it wasn't because there weren't a lot of social things. Oh, so right, I really yes. did pick a good time to do it, yes. I have to say, because I think it is hard when you've got lots of social events. And I think also we drink because other people are talking shit and repeating themselves and whatever. And, you I, know. I have, I do know it's hard to watch people around you get, not hard, but it, it comes with its challenges to watch people around mm. you get more and more inebriated as the evening progresses and you're just like... Well, I talk about it. You, we're on a different plane when we're drinking. <laughs> yes. yeah. You know? And we can say that because we do drink. We're can not I being say judgy. Something? Like, I don't... I can understand that, but I don't relate in the same way. And I knew that you guys would relate. Like, you like to have something in hand on social occasions. Mm. And you've done really well to, like, mix up your sparkling uh, waters. And, you know, mm. I think when, when we socialize, it's not as... Much as probably when you go to other bras with mm. less fabulous people. But exactly. <laughs> um, I, for me, and that's also why I wanted to talk about the, the sober, the, with the wine mommy culture, is I can be like, I am I'm not drinking today. I'm going to give my body a bit of a break. I'm going to drink robust tea. I'm going to be lovely and healthy. By the time five o'clock rolls around and I've got my two-year-old in my ear and I've got that's when I'm like, you know what? While I make dinner and deal with this shit show, I'm going to pour myself a glass of wine too. And it takes the edge off. And I, I know I'm not alone in this. That's the difficulty for me. That was even the difficulty. Okay, I was pregnant during, during COVID, but I suppose in subsequent months and, and whatnot, it that it's not the socializing because we're not huge socializers. We're homebodies. Mm, mm. 
the difficulty for me is when we're so hyped up from the, the small children and the pressures of life that we don't have a chemical substance to bring us down. Mm. So I just wanted to to put that out there because it's where I differ and I think I want to represent, you know, a, a lot of different stories. Yeah, not to, you know, get any kind of solution out of that. I can hear what the solution is as I'm as I'm saying it. Call your therapist, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting. That's why I love talking. That's why I love doing this podcast with you. This is why I love having guests on the show so that we can all kind of represent different, you know, our listeners. I just imagine our listeners mm. going, oh, mm. yes, I relate to to Pam. And, and yes, what Charlene said in that moment. So I, I do want to touch on, before we, we wrap up, um, Chasing Marion, your book that you wrote with three colleagues during um, COVID. Mm. So we, you know this now, at last year's Kingsmead Book Fair, okay, this year's Kingsmead Book Fair, I was up to here in my children's vomit. Um, oh, nice. Solo parenting. It mm-hmm. was lovely. I really enjoyed Kingsmead mm. Book Fair mm. this year. <laughs> Not. Um, last year's Kingsmead Book Fair, we, I was like, you know what? This is, this is really, there's a lot of synergy here in this energy with the great equalizer. Let's go to, I'd mapped out all of the talks that we went to. So we sat in on your guys' chats and that's when we were in a room together and I feel really strongly about female friendships the power of female friendships mm, so this mm. you you talk about the um, your memoir being kind of an advertorial for for chasing Marion but Total. what I really love and what endears me to to you is this story of camaraderie between you four so how did that book come about what what was the process there I think it was Conita was launching was it her last book, Being Diane? I'm not sure. Anyway, she was up here because she's based in Cape Town. And I think we were having champagne. And you had enough. long hair. I you did. You I did. And we were discussing. I was supposed to be interviewing Marion Keys at Franschhoek. So that was supposed to be the one thing. And then the others, I think, were on a panel with her at Kingsmead. Um, but I already knew in my heart of hearts because COVID had already raised its ugly head and I thought this is never going to happen. Can't it's happen. a beautiful dream, but anyway. So then we came up with this idea of writing a book about it because we were so sad because we absolutely adore her mm. and adore her books. Mm. And she also is just such an inspiration. And obviously, I mean, she's a recovered alcoholic. She's an inspiration on so many levels. She is so supportive of other writers. So that's kind of how it all just came about. So one person would write a chapter, then they'd send it to the next person, then they would write a chapter. And weirdly enough, it just all worked. worked I was just going to say, like, what are the what were the rules and the parameters that were laid down? Was it nothing, just a- Nothing. It was literally, we all just sort of wrote our introduction with our characters and then we sent, and we would literally like just scribble it on like sun on a Sunday night or whatever. And then yeah, because you had a one, you had a deadline and it it always happened like right before. (laughs) And we were not even going to send the book in. And then we said, no, we must do it. And Pan McMillan just snapped it up. I mean, Andrea read it herself. It was, it was so huge. Marion Keys advertised it it for us. I mean, you can see she gave us a shout for the cover. She was just Amazing! It was just so. It was just a fantastic, warm example of um, 
female friendship, actually. And it kept us all going. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cohesion in a time mm. where, and creation in a time mm. where a lot of people were sitting back and nobody expected much of you. I kept telling myself during COVID, like, you, you're making a baby. You don't have to make anything else. So I didn't write a lot other than what I needed to write for work. Um, and and also a lot of us had creative blocks, you know, where we just couldn't. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I take true inspiration from you guys also just putting one foot in front of the other. What we did do is we carried on recording. Yes. And selling us short. Yeah, we did Yeah, you do are. I was about to say hello. And selling us short. We, we recorded throughout. Remotely, like, myself in my dining room and her. Yeah, that <laughs> was. brilliant. That was an awesome. Where prior to that, that was, it was us weekly, weekly around my kitchen table. Um, I think that's also primarily due to you being an absolute workaholic, but yeah. <laughs> Let's just embrace our addictions. <laughs> that's one that I'm not ready to let go of just yet. Well, you can't with children. No. Children are expensive. They are. You exactly. can't afford to, right? As my children say, children are expensive. We're not having any. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for that. I'm so happy that I could teach you that lesson. <laughs> what are you working on now, speaking of creativity, productivity? So I'm coming to the end of one show and um, yeah, I'm working on another show called Smoke and Mirrors, which is a telenovela on ETV. It's just started and it's, um, I just think the story is amazing. It's fantastic. And then I'm taking a break. I'm actually going to Italy. What? Okay, yes. we know you're going to Italy, but like, are you... I'm taking you a work for, Are break. you downing your tools? I am literally leaving my laptop at home, people. Oh, Wow. That deserves applause, Yay. actually. Yes, you. that does deserve applause. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit slow on the uptake there. A marching yeah. band, a ticker tape parade. But yeah, I, I don't know when For the last. first time in how long, yeah. No, I, I honestly can't tell you. It could be like seven years that I've, yeah. I get since that. Since I went on holiday and I did not write a script during that time or whatever. So it's been a long time. I'm very much looking forward to it, but it's also a weird time. It's a, it's a time of new beginnings. It really is. So I'm going to be working on a screenplay for Things Unseen for my second novel. And I also have a thriller that I'm working on at the moment. And I will also carry on publicizing this book. So, yeah, that, <laughs> that's me being chilled. <laughs> yeah. So I'm doing nothing except for... I My husband keeps rolling his eyes going, okay. <laughs> it's like it's my like word of the year for 2023 was less. Less, yes. And we all had a good chuckle. At yeah, that. how's that working for you? Not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you about the audiobooks that I listened to for fun. <laughs> Pam, where can people find you? Um, in my office, no. Um, <laughs> we are going to link everybody up. Yeah, we are going to link everybody. So, at Pamela so you, Power on Twitter, PamelaPower.co.za on Instagram and TikTok, which is my latest addiction, and Pamela Power author on Facebook. And yeah, that's it really. Man, I feel like we're missing something. Hey, don't you feel like now while you're here, can I just drink in your Yeah, can I also just wisdom? ask this? And I just... <laughs> So um, I'm going to have you on speed dial. I think there's a reason nobody gave me her number. (laughs) (laughs) They knew. They knew. It's been so lovely to chat with you about motherhood, about sober curiosity. Where are you now, by the way, on that? 
Before yeah. before I finish off, and that's really my last. Okay. Do you have a last question? Yeah, I was gonna ask, like in Italy, what's yeah. the plan? Yeah, with like what's the, beautiful wine and pasta? And, and we all be drinking. enjoying the beautiful wine. The husband and I. So for the first time, the husband did dry February with me, and in fact, he said to me because we were so sad about you know the last born going to fasting. He said we actually just have to sit with our feelings and feel shit. Mm. Which mm. I thought was very wise of him. Very so we did, and it was <laughs> that is the first time we've ever done a completely sober date together. I think because obviously I wouldn't have been drinking while I was pregnant, but he would have. So yeah, it was the first time we went out together without drinking, and, and yeah. So I think there'll be more of that. We are both actually on this journey now of not okay. overdoing stuff, and if we actually feel like oh we shouldn't have had. You know, that extra glass or whatever, let's not drink today or whatever. So we are trying to sort of support each other mm. with this and yeah, and have lots of chats as a family about it. Um, and that's that's the main thing is that when your kids are of drinking age. Yeah, we didn't actually touch yeah, on that. You want to be the good example for them. You want, I want, so as often as possible, I go, thanks, I've had enough. Mm. Mm. Have a glass or two glasses. Thanks, I've had enough. I want my kids to hear that. Yes, mm. over to see and over that. Again. Yes, yeah, because it's not what we say; it's what we do that yeah. they watch. So that's, I think, my words of wisdom. Yeah, that's. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, and so many other words of wisdom. I just want to. That's actually yeah. it's a great summary because I suppose the example's not in abstaining because they also need an example of what well, it looks like. Well, they've still got to go through all of the rites of passage of, of matric dance. You know what, you know what Rob Lowe says? He says, children's alcohol consumption, that is, it's their own relationship with alcohol. You actually can't decide for them because society is giving them so many messages. You can set, you know, an example, but you have to understand that they are going to have to negotiate that relationship themselves, mm. which is hard. Gosh, like everything else with parenting, yeah. like everything yeah. else. And we're gonna, no one told us. <laughs> no one told us. There's a lot. And there's a whole episode in shit. Nobody told us. So there's a whole book in shit. Nobody told us. But I'm going to leave it at that. Pam Power, thank you so much for being on the Great Equalizer. There's a lot we can keep talking about. I think we have a wealth of new topics, thanks to, to Pam over here. Exactly. We always say that, guys, you know this. If you want to chat with us, weigh in on something, swear, rant, cry or laugh, hit us up over email at info at thegreatequalizer.co.za. Also, uh, you are welcome to DM us a voice note on Insta, record one on your phone and pop us another mail at that email address. Also, feel free to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel because that's where you see us in person. It's amazing. Your support, guys, is super important to us and you have no idea how much every like, love, comment and share means to us. So please don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Facebook. Send us a harki on TikTok or give us a thumbs up on YouTube. Whatever your poison, find us and leave a loving review. And hit the subscribe button wherever that is allowed again people and louder for the for the folks at the back youtube <laughs> apple pods google pods spotify stitcher heck even tiktok twitter we there but we are sorry for the neglect <laughs> we'll be with you shortly again um in all seriousness and this is why we do this i believe that every interaction and share brings one mom closer to sanity Hundred percent. The more we're seen, the better this podcast will do, and the better we'll be for you. Pamela Power, 
You're doing a really good job. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. You too. Thank right you. Right back at you, girls. Thank right you. back at you. Thank Charlene, you. Charlene, appreciate you. You're doing a good job. And you, Sam. Thanks. <laughs> That's it for this week. Until next time, keep your mom games strong. Shout out to our producers over at Autumn Aperture and Arch Studios, including our editor Ray Hertz and sound engineer Stephen Krill. Please review our show notes for more on today's topic and expert guest. And for more on The Great Equalizer, our website is always a good idea, www.thegreatequalizer.co.za, along with our social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and now YouTube. And of course, if you want to chat with Sam or Charlene directly, email us at info at thegreatequalizer.co.za. We would love to hear from you. And guess what? We respond. We respond.